Dave Fanning on 2FM. Uh, Fanula is the Fanula Jones voice that you hear here because Countdown is 40 years old and it's still as popular as it was on the day that Channel 4 was launched back in 82 with that programme and still has a wide fan base here in Ireland. And just last week, of course, um, Irish journalist Rob O'Hanrahan, he appeared on the show. So what is the enduring appeal of quiz shows like Countdown? Is it all about the gimmicks, the quirky music? I hope you're listening because these are your questions. Um, the catchphrases, <laughs> the questions I'm going to throw at you. We asked Fanula here to uh, take a look at some of the biggest quiz shows that have been running for decades and find the secrets of their success. So it's kind of the long-running ones, I suppose, in some ways. So the whole idea of a quiz show, I'm putting on the kettle for this one. Uh, where did it originate, Fanula? The 1930s, if you can believe. Uh, really? This was the first instance of, like, the first publicly organised quizzes, I suppose. So, like, US spelling bees. Can you use it as a sentence, please? Mad long words. Sorry, can I just ask a question about the spelling bee, which I'm always amazed at, and I saw a documentary about it. Um, you can ask. I'm not sure okay, if I'd be able okay. to answer it, but and you can ask. This, like, you have to get the spelling right, right? Yeah. Certain words are spelled differently on certain continents. Okay, that's fair. Well, then I suppose if you're doing it in America, it's the American spelling, I would say. Yeah, but I mean, like, on all these rules, like, you know, I before E, except after C and all this, like, what about the word neighbour? Oh, okay, I won't get to... Sorry, where were <laughs> that's we? That's another conversation for another day, I'm afraid. I know, I'm just kind of prepping you for the next time you're here. Uh, anyway, what did I ask? Yes, when did this originate? 1930s? 1930s, spelling bees, uh, all about spelling, long words used in a sentence, as I said. But then you obviously have media coming into it. When radio came about, it kind of, kind of gave a boost to show like this and we had the BBC Transatlantic Spelling Bee which involved uh, Harvard students Radcliffe students and Oxford students as contestants spelling words um, but then you've like TV gets in on the act you know you have to up the entertainment factor I suppose and that's when general knowledge kind of really moved into the space and kind of gave the public the opportunity you know to answer questions themselves they're watching at home uh, they're feeling like very rewarded for knowing these things that these brainiacs know on TV It is really at the sort of source. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Oh, 100%. Showing off at home. Absolutely. It's the smokeness of knowing I know this and sometimes, I suppose, with the the contestants on TV, you're usually being rewarded with something like money or usually it is just the glory of knowing this very niche thing that someone else at home or someone else might not know at all. Yeah, yeah. So it is a nerd element. No question about it. 100%. So, tell me about all the rest of them. Like, in terms of, say, it's not always about money, is is it? It's not always about money. I suppose that's where, kind of, when you had the TV shows coming up and like obviously it's always the way with the US they want to go bigger they want to go like harder with stuff so you had like these big money prizes incentivising people to enter and I suppose watch at the same time um, and it makes for great drama but then you have these like scandals they're plagued with rigging we've had this right up to modern day so then in the UK I actually didn't know this University Challenge kind of originated as an antidote to the, like the scandals and the the big money prizes because there is no money for University Challenge it's just like the, Are you saying the University Challenge was started because they were motivated by the fact that maybe there was underhand scandal stuff going yeah, on? Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, sorry, it's the one programme that I do watch. We watch it a bit, I must say. And would you get the questions right? Because that's the whole thing with University Challenge as well. questions, right. I give myself a mark for understanding the question. <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> I run around the room if I get a question right. That's smugness. If you get a university challenge question right, you're, you're oh, a brain box. I'm like, it's happened. We've, I've, I've sometimes got four and five and six, you know, but I mean, usually none. Yeah, usually none, but sometimes you get the odd well, one. I yeah, do I'm watch the same. it all the time and I must say, like Jeremy Paxman, who can be quite withering now and again and considering it's a recorded programme, mm. I wonder why they might leave it in and that just to make some student feel really bad. But um, that's having, the appeal of it as well. It's watching someone like that kind of take this absolute nerd down a peg, to be honest. Yeah, I use nerd in a, in a loving 
way, not a drogatory Compared to the one that your woman Anne Robinson used to do, which I'm sure we'll get to. We will, that, we will. The whole business of that was taking people down. But no, it's just that I, Jeremy Paxman annoys me, actually. I think he's just, he thinks he's up his own bum half the time. I, anyway. Yeah, but that's the appeal. People love the Paxman, right. you know? All right, people love the Paxman. Well, they won't love him anymore because he's finished now. Or they, they, well, he's finishing this year, yeah. He's filming season. his last few yeah. Uh, episodes. Yeah. Okay, so, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, quizzes, quiz shows. That's what we're talking about here. They do breed obsessives, don't they? I mean, like, is is the knowing that you know something heightens the appeal? One hundred percent, and I suppose especially now, like even we're lucky now that we have access to smartphones and everything like that. We have all of the knowledge in what? our hands. <laughs> what? Have are you heard saying, of a smartphone? Are you saying you can cheat? I'm not saying you can cheat, but that's the whole point. It's kind of knowing without the help of the smartphone, and you're even seeing like you know, like pub table quizzes and stuff. They're trying to combat this whole thing of cheating and having that access, where they're doing kind of speed quizzes. It's not necessarily you. It's not just about being right. It's about being the fastest. And um, but it goes back to that whole. Thing of there's a real affirmation in knowing that you know something without the help of Mr. Google or your phone or whatever else. Um, and then I suppose for anyone who's watching at home and maybe not necessarily taking part, it's the smugness again of maybe seeing how far you would have gotten, how much money you would have won uh, if you knew the question that maybe someone ended up hitting a stumbling block on. Yeah, OK, well then let's have a look at some of the best known quizzes and how they keep people sort of hooked, if you like. The one that gave us real money up for grabs, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Yes, uh, originally hosted by Chris Tarrant. Uh, Jeremy Clarkson is on the helm now. Huge success when you look at the viewing figures for this. There was like, watched by more than a third of the British population in the early 2010s, which is just, you wouldn't get it now at all. Obviously it became, became a global franchise. We had our own Irish equivalent over here. It was the setting for Slumdog Millionaire, which is obviously adapted from that novel. Novel. It was just, and I don't know if you've watched the TV adaptation on the cheating scandal, which we'll talk about. I with, did. I saw it. It was called with Quiz. Quiz and Michael Sheen, yeah. Ashing yeah. B, Richard Cooper, a load yeah. of our own. Very, very good. This was just, I suppose, with this was this really brought the audience into the hot seat. Like you were watching at home, seeing if you knew the questions, and that whole thing again of seeing how far you could have gone to the million. Yeah. So good. I love Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Which uh, pr- presenter in Britain do you like best? I, I never liked Chris Terrence. I knows. Yeah, but then you're putting him up against Jeremy Clarkson. Well, that's a, I, mean, I, I kind of like him on that. I don't like him on a lot of other things. But I kind of you like can't him. separate Chris Terrence from this show now is the thing. It's just, and he's so synonymous with it. And, you know, is that your final answer? Becoming one of the best catchphrases. Yeah. Phone a friend, having that option, I suppose. It was just, it was so different because, again, you weren't up against a timer. The questions were multiple choice. And having those options of, you know, ask the audience, phone a friend, 50 50. It was very of, original. They're part of the lexicon now, aren't they? All those kind of things. Yeah, phone exactly. <laughs> Even beyond uh, quiz shows, like you t- say phone a friend in totally different context, it's That's contactless I mean. now. Yeah, here, I'll give you a little bit. A winner on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I'm going to say Henry II. Final Just won one million. You are amazing. One million pounds. But is she happy? 
<laughs> but is she happy? <laughs> I'd be happy if I had a million euro, I'll tell you uh, that yeah. right now. Yeah. It's, just, it's that tension, it's the music, it's everything. It's like, yeah. no wonder we were so obsessed over it. Like, we talked about, we referenced that cheating scandal there with Major Charles Ingram. That's when he was found to have been helped yeah. to the million by another contestant coughing in the audience. You'd like the syndicate that were involved at that point. There was this, like this shadowy crew who were quiz obsessives. They would find ways to get on the show and they'd call fellow quizzers well, as their phone a friend. That's the came out in the, quiz docu- in the quiz docudrama thing because that's like, I mean, all these people are just like quiz 24 hours a day and they're all part of a cabal. Yeah. That's, that was something that I didn't know before I watched yeah, Quiz, I which know. I found I interesting. And then when they ring up a phone a friend, it's people from that same crowd who just didn't happen to get on. Yeah, and they just split up all the money. It's yeah. genius, like, <laughs> genius. I wish yeah. I had smarter friends. I Sorry to my friends. That, I can tell you. Okay, tell me about the weakest link. <laughs> the weakest link. Oh, speaking of catchphrases, you know what I mean? You are the weakest link. Goodbye. Another one that is contextless now at this point. Uh, 20 years ago, we had a TV sensation, Anne Robinson, taking over the weakest link. Uh, this tough talking like very professional but almost kind of dominatrix-like in her quiz master role was very different I suppose to the other quiz shows in that way because you had the likes of Chris Tarrant like obviously he's kind of just there as nearly a placeholder bringing you through the questions he's not there to help but you have a belief that he wants you to win and he wants you to get to the million yeah. and Robinson nearly kind of comes across that she wants you to lose she wants you yeah. to lose this money yeah. so for anyone who's unfamiliar with how The Weakest Link works it's basically a group of contestants they take turns answering questions if they get theirs right the prize increases but if it's wrong the jackpot empties unless you bank in time so you bank your money um, and then at the end of each round the group votes to kick off the worst performer or potentially the greatest threat if you're playing like tactically Surely one of the biggest things was that at the time male, 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 male she's over 50 female that was pretty cool Absolutely and look you can't I suppose downplay that or underestimate that yeah. it was really not the norm but I suppose with you know she came at a time when being cruel on TV and being like a cruel TV host was kind of the norm and it's absolutely really not tolerated now and I've even seen I was watching clips on TikTok before I came in here just to kind of reacclimatize myself with how she spoke and like dressed down the contestants like some of the things she said you would you would not it, you'd never get away with it now like it's incredible she, that she even got away with it for as long as she did like t- asking single mothers whether they got benefits and stuff like that it was just bonkers the stuff she got away with <laughs> here she is Here's the bit that's puzzling me. Okay. Why would I take advice from someone who looks like an aging punk star and has <laughs> dyed black hair? Um, because, you know, obviously everybody's different. Everyone can have their own personality. But as long as you're presenting yourself in the right way. Um, so you think you look suitable to go for a job interview? When I go to, when I go to work, I'm always suited and booted and make sure I look my best. And yeah. your hair, is it looking like a black walnut whip? Yeah, probably, probably is actually, yeah. Trevor, you are the weakest link. Goodbye. Yeah, I don't know what, I just find it irritating. Like, that's tame by her standards. I remember being younger and watching it, but just because I did love, again, there's a tension element there, but also you were kind of wanting, that was the culture at the time, you were wanting to watch her, like, just dole out these insults to people. It was. She seems to be thinking about it a lot. If she was even more withering, I might like it more, you know. Yeah. She's not on a level. She doesn't go far enough for you, is that it? Something, I don't know what, she's just not on a good enough level. Fair. I'd say, next, you're out. (laughs) Countdown, tell me about Countdown. Countdown, yeah. Speaking of, uh, she ended up actually hosting this for a short period of time, but I suppose most people associate Countdown with, obviously, Richard Whiteley and Carol Vorderman. Hold on, listen to this. People will know from this. Look. I only said that because 
Oh yeah, now I know what it is. I don't really know Countdown much. Tell me more. If you like, if that came on in a club, I would be, I'd be delighted. What a tune! <laughs> um, it's one of Channel 4's longest-running programs, and again, this is kind of totally different. We're talking about the tension with the weakest link and who wants to be a millionaire. There's obviously tension here, but it's so much nicer and so much tamer than I suppose the other quiz shows. Um, so it's basically you're putting two ca- contestants against each other, and it's about vocabulary again, going back to that spelling bee uh, thing, vocabulary knowledge and then there's like this really horrible mathematical problem that must be solved as well you've 30 seconds to complete each task and basically with the words it's it's like the longest word wins each round so you might think you've a really long word that might work but it might not actually be a word at all and that's where Susie Denton her lovely dictionary corner comes in to uh, school us all and what all the words means it's like very it's very nostalgic and I think that's the main appeal of it it's been on for so long your granny watches it like nothing really about the format has changed bar the hosts and you know obviously Rachel Riley stepped in for Carol as the yeah. numbers word nerd yeah, she was with us on the program there about two years ago how's she doing is she still doing that yeah? I think she is yeah. Right, yeah here I'm going to give you one of these which I didn't mention yet the rude answers on countdown <laughs> <laughs> Ed Tyson yes well that should be longer shouldn't it Ed Tyson seems to go on forever Ed Tyson and what's yours Kate erection erection <laughs> <laughs> Don't, this to, don't do this to me, Kate. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to be any, on any more late night blooper shows. <laughs> Any more late night blooper shows? Is that Richard Whiteley there? Is it? Yes. Oh. There's not like there's nothing better again than that juxtaposition of like the show is so kind of I don't want to say old fashioned because that's not fair, but it is a show of that yeah. certain kind. And, and then they're spelling these, yeah, and they're yeah. but they're spelling these ridiculous words like testicles, and then Rachel or Carol is having to put them on the board. Yeah, incredible. Okay. University challenge again. Just just like it's the nerdy program, isn't it? So nerdy. Oh my god, no prize money as I mentioned. All the contestants or most of them are these nerdy eighteen year old boys. The questions are so hard as you mentioned Paxman is a, can be a bully at the best of times this is another one where the format hasn't changed in 40 years um, it's just you have these all, all these colleges coming together yeah, give me Bamber any day though. <laughs> <laughs> all of these colleges coming together to be in with the chance to be one of just 28 teams that actually gets to the first round and it's just I think this is an interesting one as well because it's because of how it's shot as well so like it's so low budget like the split screen makes it look like they're all sitting on top of each other what? the two teams I know TV magic oh my god Um, as we mentioned uh, Jeremy Paxson is coming to the end of his tenure on the show Um, and again it's the enduring appeal of this is will I be able to answer these am I actually really smart this isn't just like a pointless or any of the other kind of quizzes we've mentioned one of the things is is that that, that Jeremy Paxson loves the bit that the the fact is the question could be asked in 8 seconds but he has about 4 more paragraphs to go and hopefully nobody will will, will press the button first because it makes him feel like he's much more important it just goes on and on and on it's giving I have to hit the word count like yeah, I'm just going to yeah, fill this air yeah. like I love it I, and I, but I'm the same I watch and I've no idea there documentary there about six months ago on it of 30, 40, 50 or whatever it is years of it and uh, your man who's, who does the um, you know Cambridge College fanning <laughs> he's <laughs> thrilled with himself trying to get a first watch of the lights all the time but the music is great too the music is great there was actually a movie made about it as well about I a saw. cheating scandal Fantastic. Uh, Starter Mac- for 10 with James McAvoy, McAvoy. Yeah. Yeah. Did, you, did you see it? Oh, I haven't seen it but it's on my list I, I realised it in my exactly room don't tell me what happens don't really spoil it for me. Like, I'm with them all the way. I feel so sorry for them. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's very good. Um, sorry, where was I? Yes, University Challenge. Why not? Why not? Ha! Monday, half eight. <laughs> it can only be. 
asking the questions. <laughs> you <laughs> should do it. Going. Here, the job's going now. <laughs> Stick your CV in. No, Bamberg going. Okay, let's move on from the university challenge. What? Yeah, pointless. Pointless. This, no, I'll tell you what. The thing when you're flicking through TV channels, you come across certain programs. You go, yeah, yeah, no. Like there's things I've never seen. I can honestly say I've never seen any more than five minutes of Coronation Street, for instance. I've no idea. Whatever. You just keep going. I, mean, I know it's been on for three hundred years, but like pointless. I know I've flicked through this. I have no idea what's going on there. Pointless is another long runner, but I suppose it's kind of more modern day. It's one of the more modern examples we're talking about. So this has been on the go since 2009. Richard Osman hosted his last episodes during the summer. It was him and Alexander Armstrong. They're kind of like... the. Uh, uh, some people love them and love their banter. That's not actually what I like about Pointless. I just love that Pointless is a bit mental in terms of a in terms of a concept. So the object of the game is to score as few points as possible. So it's like a reverse family fortunes nearly. So they go out, they ask the public questions... Um, and it's whoever says like it, you're looking for the most obscure answer essentially so the answer that nobody said in the survey you're looking for a pointless answer to get the least amount of points does that make sense? yeah it does <laughs> Absolutely. you still it seem does. confused so it's basically like they go out they ask 100 people um, and it, like it's the most obscure answer so each pointless answer then that you get on the quiz show um, gives they, they get it adds to the cash jackpot then and then the last team standing they have three chances to win it by giving a pointless answer in the first round okay, I mean a lot of these programs don't have anything to do necessarily. I mean like sorry look at some of the other ones like 8 out of 10 cats that's kind of a comedy show isn't it really yeah that kind of gave you know like countdown this this other lease of life and brought it to its new generation or do you mean just the normal 8 out of 10 cats uh, like the survey show well, is, there an, is there an abnormal one <laughs> no but it's in like the, the one where they brought Countdown together so it's like them doing Countdown but it's just comedians you're lost I've lost you never mind anyway <laughs> I love this I just think it's again like well, do you know what the best one is I don't know if it's not really a quiz show as such I, I, the, there is one I would stop on and stay with and okay I've suddenly forgotten what it's called <laughs> <laughs> not, are you well, okay? okay I'd go for a, a have I got news for you I would stop and watch that but what's the one with thinking me Bob and thinking me Bob and the man is in the I movie. know them well yeah Yeah. Um, I'll have to think about it just you think about it I'm going to yeah. keep talking would about would I lie to you would I lie to you is oh, very good oh, yeah that's brilliant but that's the whole thing of their community Comedians and it's kind of improv, yeah, so you have to guess exactly. whether they're lying or not, or whether the stories yeah, are true. That's like a great that. one. Okay, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're not so talking about that. We are talking about pointless and the enduring okay. appeal of them. I mentioned about Richard Osmond and Alexander Armstrong and their banter. And again, we talked about Anne Robinson being kind of different in that field of being that woman of a certain age and being a woman in general. Richard Osmond was kind of different because he was this rare male assistant. Where in all of these quiz shows before, it's usually this you know female gal, probably there for sex appeal, everything like. Like that. Oh well, then wait a minute now. Then with 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 Dancing with the Stars coming up, who's going to be the assistant? That's what I'd like because there's two females oh, presenting. Oh, oh, have I thrown a cat amongst the you pigeons? Maybe you have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, by the way, we never mentioned Mastermind. Mastermind is just like I actually wait, didn't. On, I'll just give you a little bit of this thing here. It's kind of freaky, isn't it? I mean, it's kind of scary. Mastermind. Yeah. Do you really want to leave the seat you're in and go to the big seat? Well, the team uh, tune is. My mind. The team tune is called Approaching Menace. Like really? says it all, it? really. <laughs> um, I think they'd based it off as well. Like I think it was like, like the 
interview or like the interrogations that army personnel would go through it's really and again that's what sets it apart it's just so intense you've been helmed by this political one of the most feared political journalists in the UK John Humphreys yeah. um, you've the general knowledge round but you also it was, have it used to be Magnus Magnuson yeah <laughs> you used to have the general knowledge you have the general knowledge round but then you also have your specialist subject yeah so, oh, the specialist subject is the funniest thing I swear to God I saw one once where this woman picked uh, teapots 14th to the 15th century like, I mean, where seriously. do people get that knowledge? <laughs> what would your specialist subject be? Well, it certainly wouldn't be teapot in the 15th century, I can tell you. My God. No, definitely not. Great. Mine would probably be Love Island is the obvious one or Pokemon. I think the games. I think do I do you know, really well we on the two of them. an Irish mastermind thing on TV here. And, yes, uh, we did. And do you know who won it? I don't. Rick O'Shea. <gasps> that but does not surprise me. The, the, yeah, the best of all was that Rick uh, gave a special subject. I remember him telling me this. Let's hope I get this right. And it was, um, what do you call it? The films of Woody Allen. Okay. And then it turned out to be, no, that's too broad or 40 years and that. So he said, oh, well, then, okay, the films of Woody Allen in the 80s or something. So that's what he did. So then when you win and you get your uh, extra questions as well, then you have to go through again. You've got to come up with another special subject. So he went from the from the movies of Woody Allen to the solar system. Like. Brilliant. That's that's. <laughs> range we yeah, love that, that range, range. Yep. but the thing with mastermind is I suppose we, you have like a celebrity edition as well and that kind of brings another form of entertainment because you have these people that you'd never usually see in the kind of the stuffy chair did you and see it last week I didn't see it last uh, week who was I, on last I, week I, I just saw a bit of clip like, I can't even remember who the celebrity was sorry I should know but anyway and he said he'd phone a friend and his friend was Jonathan Ross <gasps> And Jonathan Ross answered the phone and said, yeah, hello. And he says, hi, this is, uh, what do you call him? What's his name who does it again? Who does the programme? The new guy? Uh, no, Clive Myrie? No, no, the guy who does Mastermind these days in the last while. The people the people don't like who writes for the Sunday Times. And, oh, for God's sake. Not Mastermind. Sorry, what am I thinking of? I, you're was, thinking of something. Oh, I was like, phone a friend. Sorry, is sorry, You are. Sorry, who wants to be a millionaire? What's his name again? Jeremy Clarkson. Jeremy Clarkson, yeah. So Jeremy Clarkson says, uh, hello, this is Jeremy Clarkson here on Thinking Bump. Jeremy, for crying out loud, I told you before, I don't want any of your potatoes that I don't want to buy, buy any of them. I know you have a farm, now feck off. And he put the phone down. I thought it was pretty cool. Doring Jonathan Ross, yeah. Then again, your man was making money for charity, was he? So does that, does that mean he lost his phone a friend? I don't know. Anyway, so go on, tell me about where... Sorry, I'm completely confused. Well, we were now. actually on Master- Mastermind oh, and then you sorry. decided to just start <laughs> talking about something else, which you is fair enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with the celebrity and the idea of, you know, having a special subject and watching celebrities, like like the example of Rick. Rick did very well with his Woody Allen movies in the solar system. Yeah. But there's kind of very, something very entertaining in watching a celebrity say they know a lot about something and then getting all the questions wrong. Oh, or if they're just really bad that. at general Knowledge, you know, I, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so uh, where were we? Is there anything I haven't mentioned? Jeopardy. I mean, not that I know anything about Jeopardy. I is love that, Jeopardy. Jeopardy became oh. kind of like a lockdown watch for me because it was on Netflix for a while. Is that this a is five hundred years of American TV kind of program. Pretty much, yeah. It's been on since nineteen sixty four. An American classic, and again, it kind of tips the quiz format on its head in the sense that they give you the answer and you have to give the question. Uh, it was the producer Merv Griffin was trying to devise this quiz show format. And it was actually his then wife, Julian, suggested it. Um, all, very good. I just, I love it so much. Like, I don't actually think it's on Netflix anymore, but uh, Sorry, if you can find it somewhere. Again? So you, they give you, like, it's different categories and they give you uh, the answer and you have to figure out what the question is. Oh, so right. there, I think I was watching an example on Instagram there and it was like uh, plurals that don't end in S. Right. So moose was the answer. So the question Sheep. is, what are moose? Right. Not sheep, No. <laughs> Well, sheep would be an example of an answer, but not in this particular instance. 
Fish. Fish. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so yeah, and there's others like catchphrase. And what's the hundred k drop? The hundred k drop was you had to put the money. On, you were asked a question, and then you had different uh, answers. It was again multiple choice, and you had to put the money on whichever answer you thought was right. Um, and depending how much you'd want to gamble, you could divvy it up. Or if you were really confident, you'd put a hundred k on the one answer. But it was so naff because the way it was set up, you were putting it on these slots, and if you got it wrong, the slot would open uh, with. All for all the wrong answers and say you had the 100k on your answer and it was wrong all the money would drop through and it would be gone oh, into the ether and so you see yourself losing the money yeah. you don't just lose the money yeah. oh you have God. that visual element as well it's um, so naff but it works for me a catchphrase catchphrase is just catchphrase is one that I watched as a kid but I think it was just because it was so colourful as well it shows a bit of a picture all the time shows a bit of a oh, picture and awful. you have to guess what the catchphrase that's is yeah. half the time you're going sorry what's that anyway some <laughs> of them are so hard even some of the modern day ones that I've been watching it's yeah. like I would never get them. It's crazy, but I love them. Stephen Mulhern's taken over in recent years and it's mainly kind of celebrities doing it. So again, fun okay. to watch the celebrities get it wrong. I mention at this stage, if you are a fan of quizzes and I'm reading this, you can always check out 2FM's breakfast quiz, Clock Blockers, which takes place each morning just after 8am. You could win some cash for yourself, two exclamation marks. Then it says you can win 10,000 spawns, three exclamation marks. Oh my God. So let's take the last one here, which is uh, eggheads. What's that? Eggheads, yeah. Did, did so I ask that already? No. No, you didn't. Uh, so this is, you have a team of five quiz and game show champions challenged by five like normal contestants for prize money. Uh, if the challengers lose, then £1,000 is added to the prize money fund until the eggheads are beaten when the prize will revert to £1,000. The most prize money that has ever been won is £75,000 in 2007. So again, it's kind of you have the normies up against the like aficionados in the same way that I suppose the chase is one of those ones that has that element where you're, you've the normal people going up against the people who are supposedly really smart and know everything that's the appeal of that I'm not a huge Eggheads fan but I know it's like one of those ones that has kind of a cult following in the same way that Pointless does and all the rest that we've mentioned Well you made it all sound very eggheady. fair play to you Fanula Fanula Jones it is thank you so much indeed why we love a quiz show in fact I'll tell you what here's the music let's see what you know what this music is are you ready let's see Tool time for 200 This term for oh, a long handled <laughs> gardening tool can also mean an immoral pleasure seeker Ken What's a hoe? No Whoa <laughs> Good old Jeopardy. <laughs> That's pretty good. They teach that. you that in school in Utah, huh? Al, what's a rake? A rake is right. <laughs> you select Al. 400, please. Tool. Oh. Back with double Jeopardy in a moment. Double Jeopardy. Okay, well, I might as well give you a final. Uh, listen, Fanula, thanks a million. This is, uh, let's say, Paxman being Paxman or yeah. whatever, right? Okay. How did you know I was going to ask for the longest period of time? Well, what else is it going to be? <laughs> okay, let's see if you get these bonuses right. <laughs> They're on French land borders, you smart asses. <laughs> William the first? No, I, you, I'm sorry, that's the wrong answer. You know it's very wrong. It's only up by about 600 years or so. Yes, I'm afraid that is a completely useless answer. Yeah, it is. <laughs> You've hopped around every century except the right one. It's William the third. That's one of the funniest misapprehensions we've ever had on this show. Dave Fanning on 2FM.